You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena and pastor of Christ the King University Parish in Missoula, Montana. I had the honor of visiting Israel, the Holy Land, and uh, everything there is so much older and in many ways more beautiful and just, just so much more going on than our experience here of the United States just because civilization's been there forever. Except we headed over to the Jordan, see where it all began, where John pointed to Jesus in the crowd, behold the Lamb of God. Uh, I saw the great Jordan River. I remember thinking, this is an utterly mediocre river. Not a lot going on in the old Jordan. Uh, It wouldn't even be called a river in the state of Montana. I could think of 50 rivers off the top of my head that are more beautiful bigger, a better fish, and that's actually the same exact attitude that Naaman the Syrian had uh, when Elisha, the prophet, which is the reading that comes just before our first reading today, uh, he says, hey, I'm here to be cleansed, I hear you have a God, uh, and he says, of course we do, we have, the, we have the only God, and he said, okay, well, I have, I have leprosy, and I, I'd love to be cleansed, and Elisha says, okay, go bathe seven times in the river down there. And he was furious. He's like, I, you know, I expected you to do something great here, and you told me to go take a bath in your river. And so he's angry, and he's about to leave, and then his servant says, hey, hey, man, you know, if he would have told you to sacrifice 50 bulls, you would have done it on the spot, and he told you to bathe in the river, so why don't you just bathe in the river? He's like, okay, good, good point, I'll give it a shot. So he does it, and sure enough, he's cleansed. And he comes back and immediately wants to give something great to Elisha. We think, why did Elisha do this healing this way? Well, because this this Syrian needed to know more than anything else that it was not Elisha that healed him, that it was God that healed him. And that's why he also just refuses to take the gifts, no matter how much it's insisted. He refuses to take them. So Naaman, being a man with a grateful heart, can't give a gift, so he's going to take Just even the dirt on the ground, even just the dirt in this holy place, he's going to take with him because he knows he has found the one true God in the world. Now we fast forward to the ten lepers in Luke. One Samaritan, nine faithful Jewish men. And they all cried out equally. They all hoped to be healed. There's no one here who doesn't have faith. This isn't the issue at hand here in this reading. Like Elisha, Jesus tells them to do something pretty simple. Just go and show yourself to the priest. Follow the law in that sense. Because every leper, even if they were healed, they weren't declared healed until they were examined by a priest to make sure they were clean of leprosy. And somewhere along the way, we don't know when exactly, they were cleansed. Now the wording of this is interesting. Because it says one of them realizing he was healed, returned. Which means it... It seems that it was so subtle, the healing was so subtle, that it took some time to realize what had happened. I mean, you've got to realize that these guys were poor. Uh, They were the most destitute in Israel. I mean, the lepers across the world were the most destitute. They have nothing. So they're dirty, their clothes are disgusting, they stink. And they would have looked no different, maybe even to themselves, once they were healed versus 
just before. So it could have been hours later. It could have been the next day as they were wandering through the land that they realized that they were healed. And then you start to think to yourself, well, was this even the words of Jesus that had done this? Or was this just some other miraculous event? Uh, it's, it's been a while. Was it really necessary to go all the way back? We're, we're closer to the temple than we are to him. We don't even know where he is. Uh, we have a lot to do. Because think, if you've been exiled your whole life, and suddenly you're healed, you got to get to the temple. You have to be declared clean. You have to get back to your family and friends. You have to rebuild your life. There's so many important things that need to be done. Is it really necessary to go back and thank Jesus for this? Wouldn't he even want us to just go on with our lives? And in so many ways, we are those nine lepers. How many great gifts has God given us? How many graces? The answer is all of them. All the gifts that we've received. All the graces that we've received in our life. All the answered prayers. And yet we fail to thank him adequately. Not even just to take the time, but to even recognize it. Even if we realize it, what do we do about that when we do realize it? That's why it's so crucial for us to be spiritually aware in our lives on a daily basis, to be recollected. To be recollected means to just be looking for the Lord in the midst of the world. And when we begin to do that, then we begin to see him at work everywhere. And we recognize all the incredible things that he does on a daily basis. Why were Naaman, the Syrian, and this Samaritan so grateful? Why do they recognize that? Why do they see it in a way that those Jews who knew the law, they knew the Lord in a way that these other two didn't? Why did they see it when the others didn't? Well, it's because it's precisely because they didn't know God that they were searching for him. They were looking, and they found him. And so, in a weird way... We are at a disadvantage, those of us who have faith, because we know God. At least we know of him, if we don't know him. And so we can more easily become sort of forgetful and complacent in these things. It's, it's just like being in a new relationship or newly wed. And the bride and groom are so attentive to each other's needs. They're well aware of this new love that they've entered into. And then the months and the years roll by and begin to take things for granted. And on, both on two levels, our hearts become cold and we fail to recognize those acts of love in a spouse. Both of those things. The same is true in our spiritual life, maybe on an even deeper level because of the lack of being visibly present. Because the Lord has veiled himself from our senses. So it's so easy for us just to not recognize any of his love and to fail to return it. So we have to look at the world as Naaman and as this Samaritan. I think this is what the Lord is talking about when he talks about having a childlike spirit. Because kids take nothing for granted. The whole world is this mysterious wonder. They're open to all the great wonders of the world. And they take, they take nothing as a given. And they assume nothing. So that's the spiritual attitude. That's the disposition that we have to take. Look for the Lord in all things. Because he is at work in all things. It doesn't mean God's sort of tinkering here and there. He's not just changing everything. 
It's just that things work according to his divine providence. When we begin to see him at work in the world, when we become recollected, spiritually aware, then we see his work and we begin to trust the things that he does. And then once we begin to trust him, then we become bolder in asking for greater things. And then when we boldly ask, that's when we begin to see great miracles. Why did the saints perform great miracles? Because they actually had the confidence and the faith to ask for them. No, that's, that's the disposition. Have that childlike spirit. Don't be afraid to ask God for anything, no matter what it is. Be amazed at the answers.